Are you an established consultant interested in being a guest on this show? Then head on over to leadersofconsulting.com forward slash guest. And if you meet our criteria, you can go ahead and book yourself on the show. So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches, sharing their own perspectives, tips and resources they picked up along the way for your benefit. On today, we're joined by a good friend of mine, Chris Shembra, uh, who is often referred to as uh, the gratitude guru. Uh, he's got a really interesting business model that he's uh, a business that he's basically built. Uh, we're going to hear about. Um, he's been featured in numerous publications, Rolling Stone, Fast Company, just to mention two of them, and has uh, basically um, is in the business of creating experiences, uh, sparking hundreds of thousands of relationships uh, with his uh, company, uh, 747. So, Chris, I just want to say welcome to the show. Man, honor to be here. Uh, you've helped us launch so many beautiful things at our company, and we've got a great a great friendship and a great bond. So I'm excited for the conversation. Yes. Uh, and that's, thank you, Chris. And that said, uh, I should probably add the disclaimer that we have worked together. We've worked together <laughs> on your podcast, on your, on your audio book as well. Uh, yeah. As well. Oh my God. That's and, great. and speaking of books, you have a new one out, don't you? So you this is your second book, right? Gratitude through hard times. Gratitude through hard times. It launches in paperback on June 21st. Uh, it launches as an ebook June 19th. It'll launch as a hardcover later. So, uh, hardcover, we are waiting to see if we can hit one of those big bestseller lists. Um, not the Amazon bestseller list, but one of the bigger lists USA Today, Wall Street Journal are the two that we're shooting for. And if we can hit those, knock on wood, um, we will we will put that fancy, you know, bestseller, you know, thing at the top of the book, and then print the hardcovers. So those will come later in the year. Yeah, great. So so um, so Chris, let, let's let's talk about some um, some sort of actionable tips here. So obviously, you know, you've been through this process of publishing your book twice now. I'm curious, like having having gone through the whole process twice. Well, first of all, what what on earth would make you decide? Some people they just do one book. That's enough. What made you decide? Got to have a second one out there. So it's you know it's an interesting story that's filled with um, opportunity and insecurity. I uh, we launched our first book, Gratitude and Pasta: The Secret Sauce for Human Connection on April 7th of 2020. Now, if that, that date or time rings a bell, yes, it was in the middle of, well, at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the world officially shut down in like March 13th or something. And so it was right, right there. And, and going into that book, I mean, Forbes ranked that book as the number two book of the year to create human connection. We had all these book tour events and we had big corporate book buys. And we had a lot of great, all this stuff. Well, the book is essentially the how-to advice of putting on your own in-person dinner that will make 18 people cry. A book about in-person dinners is kind of obsolete in a global pandemic. 
And so what happened was, yeah, we pivoted to virtual. We've had a great company ever since. But I just like for the first couple months of the pandemic, I'd done all this work on my book, but I'd seen no one that I didn't know. I'd seen no one actually holding my book. You know, when you go on a book tour, as we were supposed to do, I would have seen tons of new people holding and highlighting my book, and it would have brought me tremendous joy. Mm. You know, you birth this, this new thing into the world, your new baby, and, uh, but nobody looks at it. At least you, you can't see anybody looking at it. And so I said, I kind of miss that. Okay, why don't I write another book? Um, and, and so that was kind of the simple answer. The, the more complex and more strategic answer is one of the great things we did at the beginning of the pandemic when we pivoted our entire company to virtual was that we, we had the opp- opportunity to hire a few young kids whose college careers, internships, post-grad opportunities had just completely flipped upside down. And one of them happened to be pretty well-versed in the neuroscience and psychology of gratitude. And she taught us a lot. We had known intuitively about what we did for so many years, but she taught us the science and psychology. And that's what was missing from our first book. First book was filled with intuition. The second book is filled with science, psychology, and ancient philosophy. So we said, all right, let's spend the next 15 months writing this damn thing. And uh, here she is. That's about it. Excellent. Yeah, I love that. So the first book was, uh, you know, full of the anecdotes and the stories. And so the, the first book was filled with a how to guide yeah. of putting on something very specific an 18-person dinner. And then the pandemic ripped the dinner table away from us. People couldn't gather, at least in New York City. And what happened when that happened is that gratitude became the star. And we realized that the principles of gratitude scaled far bigger than just our expertise producing an 18-person dinner. And so this the second book is is more about the thought leadership of gratitude instead of just one specific way of using it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I'm curious. So obviously, you know, pandemic really um, galvanized you to really pivot and change things up. You went from having these in person dinner experiences to running these experiences virtually, um, mm-hmm. and. I'm curious, was that just like a sudden change that was just completely forced or is it something that you've been experimenting with at all? Uh, was this, or was this just like flying completely by the seat of your pants? Type flying by the seat of the pants. Yeah. That's it. I, um, I was so against doing anything virtually for the first six years of our company, five years of our company. And I said, we're the in-person guys. This is what we do. We make people cry. I get to cook you pasta sauce. Come sit around my dinner table. And then the pandemic happened. And, you know, I felt pretty lonely and empty on the inside. I mean, here I go. I was about to launch a multi-city book tour and all these corporate clients and big keynotes 
And then that's just literally forcibly ripped to shreds. So I'm sitting at the time, baking the bread, creating a garden, doing all the pandemic things. And I'm like, Fuck, I'm miserable. <laughs> I'm lonely and fulfilled, disconnected and secure. Uh, I'm in a really dark place. And I started having conversations with a lot of people. And I realized they too felt lonely and fulfilled, disconnected, insecure, nervous, cautious, anxious, lonely, whatever, sad. And I said, my God, I got to do something about that. And so the first time we tried anything, it was like, it was like April 19th or something. Yeah. I think it was April 19th, Thursday um, of 2020. I just got eight people together. I was like, Hey, let's just hang out on zoom and just, I don't know, get to know each other. That one was all right, but it was missing a key ingredient, gratitude. So the next Thursday, April 26th, we got 50 people together. And at that, we put everybody in breakout groups and we asked our signature gratitude question that had worked time and time again. And they came back from those breakout groups crying. They'd met new people. They practiced gratitude. They found a positive benefit in their life through an overwhelmingly negative, true experience. And and they got to connect and all these good things happened. They left feeling grateful, connected, happy, joy, inspired, wiser, lighter. I was like, oh my God, this is something. So then we did it like every night for months for free for our community. 50 to 100 new people were coming every night. It was amazing. And they were coming in miserable and they were leaving lives completely transformed. And then companies started calling. And they said, you know what, Chris, uh, our employees are all virtual. They're lonely, nervous, cautious, anxious, overwhelmed, disconnected, unfulfilled, insecure. We kind of need what you do. We've heard about these whole virtual things. Can you do it for our team? And then instead of it just being a virtual dinner, it was virtual experience at any time of the day, but the principles remain the same. Create a safe space for people to gather, whether it's 200 people on Zoom or 20 people on Zoom. To breakout groups, use the, the group chat, facilitate conversation. And uh, it was able to have a pretty good impact. In 2020 and, and 2021 alone, we served tens of thousands of people. We collected the data from all of our experiences. And we found, literally, using data, we have a 99.998% success rate guaranteeing a positive, emotional, and measurable transformation within a 90-minute virtual experience. So then when teams started calling and saying, we're sick of the Zoom happy hours, we're sick of the comedy shows, we're sick of the you know, sending lunch, uh, we need something impactful and measurable. They would come to us. And and uh, yeah, it's been two years. Crazy. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, 
we can't leave people hanging. We, you have to let them know what the gratitude question is. The gratitude question. So Aristotle had something he called the golden mean. And he said that life should be somewhere on the mean, not too easy, not too hard, right? Not too abstinent, not too excess, not too this, not too that. Somewhere kind of in between. So we orchestrated our signature gratitude question years ago at our very first dinner, July 15th, 2015. I said, let me ask something not too easy, not too hard. The topic was gratitude. So something very easy in gratitude would be, hey, what are you grateful for? Something very hard in gratitude would be, what's one moment of adversity or regret or fear or shame that you're actually grateful for? That's all too hard. So in between is this signature gratitude question that uses what we call third-party vulnerability. If you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, that you've never thought to thank, now who would that be? See, I'm, I'm not asking you to tell a story about yourself. I'm actually giving you the platform to tell a story about a third-party person who isn't here. And it's easier for people to tell that story than it is something that's like a first-person vulnerable kind of thing. And you know, at that very first dinner years back, and at every experience ever since, boy, you've heard it. It, it brings the craziest stories out. You know, it brings out either one of two reactions. Either people have a really positive emotion attached with the story that they're sharing and sharing that gratitude gets to reinforce the positive, or they have some really negative emotion attached to gratitude and just talking about it gets to destigmatize the negative. So for instance, someone on the positive side might say, hmm, who have I never thought to thank? Uh my wife who's in the other room or my grandfather that drove me to soccer practice or my third grade teacher who bought me my first art brush. And when they tell those stories, they feel really positive and they get to reinforce that. Some people say on the negative side, say, you know what? I have never thought to thank that high school bully. You know, I used to be fat and I had a lisp and nobody liked me. And that bully picked on me every day. But you know what? It taught me resilience and strength and determination. And I lost that fat and I corrected that lisp. And now I'm a global keynote speaker inspiring millions. That's not my story. I'm just saying, you know, you can be grateful for the hard times. And so we get to hear both sides of those stories. And there's, there's science and psychology in our new book, Gratitude Through Hard Times, that talks about the science behind those two things, you know, gratitude practice in small group setting like that. So the, so the gratitude question, and I apologize if I paraphrase this poorly, but my recollection is that you came across this question because when you were putting together these initial dinner experiences, you're trying to find a way for people to really open up and connect with each other, right? Yeah. So And so I, th I think you used to call yourself the, or maybe you still do, you call yourself the, the chief question 
Yeah, chief, chief question chief officer, right? Asker. Asker, yes. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, like, were there any other questions that came a close second or were there other candidates? Mm-hmm. You're like, no, this is a, this is a, a breakout winner. Nothing was even close. Yeah. So when we pivoted to virtual, as I mentioned, I had the opportunities to serve literally hundreds of teams. And after we do this, you know, our great virtual gratitude experience, whether it was for one of their teams or 10 of their teams, everybody would be like, all right, what's next? And we'd say, oh, I don't know. Uh, Do more of the same. I don't know. And they're like, dude, you got to think about what's next. You can have an upsell. Like, okay. So we started thinking about different prompts, different questions, et cetera, that could lead to some amazing moments of transformation, like the original signature gratitude question did. And as fate would would turn out, we surrounded ourselves with some really inspiring question askers, and we started really listening to what was going on in the world. And we would ask questions based on what was happening in the world. And fast forward a number of months, now we've got a whole roster of really powerful questions that can come as part two, part three, part four in a series of experiences. I'll give you an example. Which example? Um, (laughs) I'll, 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 I'll give you an example. We pulled into our friend Ron Carson's company, um, I think last summer or something. And we did a couple hundred person gathering at night. I facilitated a panel discussion during the day, but I had 12 of their senior executives in the morning. This is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company. And the goal that they had for their 12 senior executives was to just get vulnerable AF. And so with the help of Kelsey Rue on, on Ron's team, uh, we concocted a very deep and vulnerable question. It was a question that revolved around regret. And we asked this group of 12 individuals, what do you regret giving up on too soon in life? Now, what that then did was we went around the table, each of us, sharing to each other for a few minutes about their deepest regret, how it feels, what happened, how embarrassed or regret, whatever, negative emotion. We took a pause for two minutes, ate some acai bowls, and then I had them do a writing exercise to actually write down all the positive benefits of the life path that they did choose. And so we went around the table and we talked about those positive benefits. So in a two-hour time frame, we took a very stigmatized negative emotion like regret and turned it into a very positive emotion like gratitude. Now, you can do that with any emotion on the planet, fear to whatever, adversity into superpower, you know, any of that kind of stuff, conflict into connection, entitlement into humility, all those kind of things. And so um, when we can really dive deep 
with a group and ask that kind of jarring negative question, we get tremendous responses. And ultimately, that's what helps teams connect in the most meaningful ways. See, here's the truth uh, to all your listeners out there. People don't connect when they pretend like their life is perfect. When you see people posting photos on Instagram with all the filters and happy moments and the perfections and all that jazz, it's bull honky. It's fake. See, if you pretend like your life is perfect and I pretend like my life is perfect, we don't really have anything to connect over. We have things to brag about and compete against each other with and compare. But like, I don't need you and you don't need me. True lasting connection happens when you're down in the trenches and you can find connection with other people through that. You're going through a hard time. I'm going through a hard time. Let's figure it out together. Let's look back at it and be grateful for each other for teaching each other resilience. And so I don't know why I got on the tangent of that, but that's why these really powerful, deep questions are so amazing. I don't care what you're grateful for. I honestly don't. Like if someone comes up and is like, what are you grateful for? And someone's like, the sunshine, my health, this flower. Like, dude, shut up. Really? Because the whole self-help industry has been feeding us that bull crap for 30 years. All the positivity gurus, it's full of crap. Manifest your destiny. Clear your limiting beliefs. Be grateful for all this good stuff. Where has that led us? We're the most broken society in the history of the world, right? Obesity, suicide, overdose, divorce, conflict. We're screwed. We're screwed in the head. We're screwed in the heart. Lynn Twist calls us well, affluent nations like America calls us the poverty of the soul. And she says that's the deepest poverty she's seen in the history of the world. The poverty of the soul that comes from the the affliction of the wealthy. Anyways, so here's the good news. I know I went on a ramble because I didn't sleep last night, but here's the good news. Life isn't supposed to be filled with pretty moments. You can't wish your way into a perfect life. What you can though, is learn how to process the negative. Accept suffering as a norm, but find the positive benefits in that suffering. See, the ancient Stoics taught us that. These guys lived 2,000 years ago. One of them, uh, for instance, is a man named Seneca the Elder. Uh, His real name is Lucius Annius Seneca. He was an old Roman elder statesman. And in the year 63 AD, He wrote a book called On Benefits. And in that book, he states that the greatest plague to Roman society is that we neither know how to give nor receive a benefit, and that of all the vices common in today's society, nothing is more common than ingratitude. He says ingratitude has caused the worst humans, thievery, tyrants, adulterers, stealers, whatevers. He points all badness in the world to ingratitude. And what is ingratitude? It's quite simple. You wake up and you focus more on what's going wrong instead of appreciating what's going right. What's gratitude? You wake up and appreciate what's going right 
instead of focusing on what's going wrong. And by the way, I'm not perfect. Thursday, December 30th, 2021, I had everything at my fingertips. Great job. Great new house. Great girlfriend. Great family. Great friends. Great industry recognition. But that night, Thursday, December 30th, I went to the restaurant with my girlfriend. I accidentally drank too much. We got into a fight. I felt like a miserable imposter, monster, fraud. I engaged in my most recent episode of non-suicidal self-injury. Took a kitchen knife and almost ended it all. I shouldn't be here today. I flew too close to the sun. And upon reflection and conversations with many of my friends, my buddy Scott said, Chris, you know what's going on? You got so many things going on right in your life that you've just completely stopped being able to see it. You can't see the clearing through the forest. And all that is, Jonathan, is that somehow, some way, I stopped appreciating what I got going right, and I started focusing too much on what's going wrong. And that's the simple shift between gratitude and ingratitude. The good news is we control that perspective. Just this morning, I got on with the global leadership team at City, Citibank, Citigroup, hundreds of thousands of employees. And I got on to do a 15-minute gratitude boost for a big all-hands meeting they had. I was actually two minutes late, which sucked because I was up late doing a, an experience for their other team. But um, And then I stayed up all night because I was inspired. But I got into that thing this morning and we got to practice gratitude within 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes, half the people were crying. Why? Because that's how quick, immediate, and impactful gratitude is. Marty Seligman, the, fa- the father of positive psychology, found that gratitude practice in a micro-intervention format actually has the greatest long-lasting benefits of any micro-interventions they studied when they were birthing the positive psychology movement. So this shit works. And the good news is everybody around you who's listening, everybody around you is probably miserable. Go give them gratitude. Go ask them this gratitude question. Go facilitate a safe space for them to share an amazing story. And I can promise you, you will save their life. At least change it for the positive. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. One of the small things that I I try and uh, do every day is uh, I have a little notebook that fits in my pocket and Mm. uh, I write something I appreciate my wife for. Uh, Ah. And I think, like you say, you know, it, 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 Sometimes it's very easy when you're in a relationship with someone that you see every single day to maybe dwell on some of the, like, oh, this really annoys me or this or that. But I find by just, like, focusing on the positive things, it puts me in a better frame of mind in general. Um, and then at the end of the uh, – by the time I finish the book, I've got a nice little gift uh, to give her that makes her, you know, her day better. Uh, you think <laughs> you think of everything, man. This is cool. Yeah. It's such this a small cool. a small little habit to, to keep up, make such a big difference. But that's that's what we need to – you know, that's what we need to get back in the habit of doing as people don't focus on the flashy, large things, get the small things right and just, just get those things down. Appreciating your wife, 
making coffee for her in the morning, taking her out on a nice active service or quality time or whatever. Just do the small things and they add up over time. There, there's something else as well that um, I'll be honest, like I haven't really uh, necessarily implemented this so much myself, but it's a nice concept. I like the sound of it. <laughs> um, but it's basically, you know, when you're working with a team uh, is to, or you're managing a team is to have them, uh, you know, basically have, you know, shout out Fridays or whatever it is. And basically say thank you to someone else in the group uh, for, you know, in the team for having, you know, helping them with this or done this excellent piece of work. Yeah, because yeah, part of yeah. what that does as well is it removes it. It's the, I, the the context in which I heard this from was someone who was basically talking about how they managed to remove themselves from being a bottleneck within their, you know, managing their company um, to actually team members taking more ownership and, you know, basically feeling happier as well and more recognized, but not it all being like top down. It's basically yep. peer to peer. Yeah. Uh, our friend Chester Elton in his groundbreaking book, Leading with Gratitude, who then we write about in our ungroundbreaking book, Gratitude Through Hard Times, says peer-to-peer gratitude is one of the greatest tools for employee retention, innovation, and loyalty known to mankind. Yeah. Absolutely. We get it. And Chris, um, I think that's probably a, a great place to, uh, perfect. to <laughs> wrap things up because I'm, I'm mindful of time as well. As I know you mentioned you have another... Um, engagement. You're a busy man. I know you are. Um, but just to find, just to, to round off, do you want to tell people where they can find your work and obviously your your new book? Go to Amazon. You can either get the ebook for ninety nine cents or the paperback on Amazon. Gratitude through hard times. Jonathan will connect you to us if you have any questions about the book or the process or our thoughts. But uh, you know, I I hope you take a, a fearless and searching moral inventory and realize. We're in deep need, deep despair as a, as a civilization. We need to come together and connect in meaningful ways. And gratitude is one of the, the small little tools that we can do on a daily basis to get it done. Absolutely. So thanks for having me. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening. This show is brought to you by Spotlight Podcasting, which is an agency I run where we help consultants launch podcasts that align with their business goals. Now, how do we do that, you might wonder. Basically, we simplify the whole process by setting you up with interviews between you and your ideal prospects, as well as strategic partners. And then we handle all the rest for you. So that means the tech setup, audio editing, show notes, production, distribution, all that stuff. You won't have to worry about it. So if you're ready to launch a podcast that will take you minimal time to run, you can find us at spotlightpodcasting.com.